Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everybody, this is Turk182. And I'm Akomi. So what's going on, Akomi? Mm. I'm drinking water. Oh. Yeah, I hear that's really good for you. It's pretty good for you. A lot can kill you. It can. I learned that um, after reading that article in Playboy. Yes. Oh. Yes. You can actually <laughs> read Playboy. And yes, I do read Playboy. Playboy's got words in it? It does. Like uh, like on the cover it says Playboy. Oh. And at the last page of it says, you just finished reading Playboy. <laughs> you just said <started laughs> Playboy. Oh, in the, in, the, in the middle it has words like, this chick's name is Denise. Oh. And, you know, so, and her measurements are, you know, so it's actually words and math. Oh, cool. And do- doesn't it like to say what their job is? It's like, she's an accountant. She gets naked for Playboy. That's her fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there were some, like, there were some men's magazines, like, back in the 60s and stuff that would say, like, what they did for a day job. Yeah. I it's mean, like, they, she's a librarian. They, they have that in there, too. You know? they? Okay. Yeah. They like a they they have a full bio, you know. They have like a little questionnaire, or whatever, and that kind of stuff. The good thing about it is like the questionnaires in there, like for the girl for the women that uh, were the playmates. Mm-hmm. They um, I don't know how many questions they are, but it's not the same set of questions each time. Like yeah. there'll be like there, I guess maybe like a like our question thing, mm-hmm. maybe fifty questions, and they'll make take the most interesting answers um to fill the space or whatever but it's not always the same like just wrote questions each time so yeah but, interesting yeah but um but there was a there was an article in it and it's how i learned about you know that water can kill you was there was a um this whole article about these um this uh fraternity i think we talked about this before the fraternity um that they had to stop doing hazing rituals mm-hmm. and with alcohol and stuff so instead of doing alcohol they had this thing where they were making these uh, the pledges drink water. Yeah, and yeah, I remember gallons that. of water and stuff. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that story. Yeah, so that's why I learned. I was like, I was like, it was, it was, it was, it was like, it was like my bread makes you fat. I was like, water, water can kill you. Water can kill you. Yeah, basically. And the thing is, he the guy drowned, right? Yeah. But he drowned not because you know, like he asphyxiated on water. Like in his lungs, but because his body had absorbed so much water and he couldn't get rid of it because they weren't allowed to like urinate or anything like that. Yes. And he couldn't sweat it out fast enough. It's like water toxicity or whatever. Yeah. So, so his body literally drowned in, in water, but not through his lungs. Like, huh. huh. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you ever do this or not. And I don't know why I automatically default to this voice. But do you ever find yourself default, like defaulting to like your, your fake German accent? Just for, like, when you're talking to yourself around the house? Oh, yeah. Why? I mean, I, I've got, like, a, a smattering of voices that I do. I don't know. It's just... Because it, it hit me the other day, and I kind of felt really bad about it. Because <laughs> I was looking for something in the fridge, and I was like, I'm looking around, and I'm like, I knew it was in there, and I'm like... Where are you, Fraulein? I know you're here somewhere. There you are. You <laughs> thought you could hide. I'm like, you know, like, why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> there you are, you naughty little Fraulein. <laughs> I'm like, why am I doing this? This is so fucked up. <laughs> I'm not a bad person. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why. I decided, like, that was the voice I, mean, I was going to use. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's as bad as all that unless it's like, this is my Nazi voice. Then it becomes a problem. Oh, yeah, Siegheil. <laughs> yeah. There's Adolf. He said he would be here by now. Mm. Yeah, then, then it's a problem. But 
I mean, yeah, I've got I've got like a, a bunch of a bunch of dumb voices. <laughs> so I'm now I'm going to read from my children's book. It's like <laughs> uh, see Franz, see Heil, Heil Franz Heil. Nazis. So yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, I'll I'll even just lapse into my stupid voices just with like conversations with other people, and like, so like, other night while I was DMing, somebody asked me something, we're like, oh, give me just a minute, and I'll look it up. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even think about it. It's just my my brain just latches onto stupid shit for some reason. Now sometimes I'll use my my overly like dramatic southern accent, you know. Just uh, I remember I called a. Uh, I called a friend of mine, I left a voicemail message from a long time ago. Now, and I tried to, like, as like, uh, hey there, Carl, this is Sheriff Bubba calling about there. Now, I just want y'all to know that, and I just went the whole, like, like you know, like the deep, like, fake southern thing. And I was like, <laughs> now, I really need you to come on down to the courthouse and take care of some of this stuff. Now, I know, I know that. Yeah, it's kind of a hassle, but it's really kind of important that you come on down here now and get your butt on down here yonder, because, you know, <laughs> otherwise I may have to send a couple of deputies out to your place, and, you know, if I have to do that, they will shoot you, okay? <laughs> you don't have to be armed. They will shoot you, and there's nothing that you're going to do wrong except the fact that you just didn't come down here, so I'm going to send them down there to shoot you. <laughs> so... uh but yeah, but you know, for some reason, I just I just lapsed into the other. I'm like, oh, why do I do that? That's so bad. I feel so awful. I feel like a horrible, horrible person. Oh, you shouldn't. It's just funny. Uh, so, <laughs> so speaking of horrible, horrible people and horrible, horrible things they do, yeah. And um, is there was a uh, a time, and I'm not sure if you and I talked about this. We may have, because um, it seems like whenever I'm talking to somebody, I'm like. Oh, Akomi and I were talking about that on the podcast the other day. Oh, Akomi did a podcast about this. And like, and then it's like, Akomi and I did this. Akomi did a podcast. And I'm like, well, motherfucker, if you listen to the podcast, we're going to tell you these stories. You already know them. So, but uh, um, in the 80s, so the 80s were really kind of a weird, fucked up time. Oh, yeah. That a lot of people don't talk about because I don't think they... Um, that people like you see like documentaries about it, but no one actually does to my knowledge has done a full like the 80s were so fucked up this is how fucked up they were right mm-hmm. it's always like let's take a moment and talk about this part of the 80s like we're gonna talk about like the whole wall street thing and insider trading and all that kind of stuff right, and then right. we're gonna talk about you know the, the the end of the cold war and perestroika and blah 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 and then we're gonna talk about this but no one ever takes all that stuff and puts it all together and be like hey this is all the shit that was going on that lasted for who knows how long, right? I mean, right, right. Because I think that that people need to really kind of get that that I that understanding of just like like wow, this was just this was really wild. Kind of like you know, like when serial killers kind of became the fashion in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. And I say the mm-hmm. fashion, not that they were you know in, in fashion, but. There was that it was when they really started to like take notice, and then you or people started to take notice of them. They realized that they people were out there, and they were actually defining, you know, murderers that had multiple victims. Mm-hmm. You know that shared, you know, uh, 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 mos as like, oh, this is a serial killer. You know yeah. that kind of thing. 
And so that was kind of like, that's not when they were, when they just first started manifesting, but that was kind of like the rise of serial killer where we're like, we started identifying them as a, on a whole as that. Yeah. Well, we had a lot of that going on, things like that in the 80s. It was just like wild shit. Yeah. One of the wild things in the, in the 80s is that I don't think a lot of people know about is the, um, this, uh, satanic panic. Oh, yeah. That people were just seeing Satanism everywhere. Oh, yeah. Rock music, D&D. But, I mean, and it was, yeah, that was, Born. that was part of it. But yeah, it was, it was everywhere and everywhere people turned around. It was like Satanism has taken over and it really was. Just a panic. It wasn't like it was, you know, like a full blown thing. And it wasn't even that something necessarily like happened, like, oh, we found this cult, you know, uh, and they were doing this stuff. Even though we did have a lot of cults that were going on back then, right? Oh, yeah. Like going back to the serial killer thing, the Night Stalker was, or no, not the Night Stalker, um, Son of Sam, heavily involved with Satanism. Right. Like that, that was actually a chain, like an actual satanic cult. There were several shooters, there was not just one Son of Sam. See, I didn't know. I thought it was just him, just that guy. Uh, there's a really good documentary on Netflix called The Sons of Sam. If you check that out, it they they basically prove that it was a string of, of Satanists involved in a local cult. So in the so in the eighties, you know, they there were these things, and like so there wasn't like like so if you had the cults going on, like um like the uh uh. uh uh, the uh, Wild Wild Country, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Rajni's Pure. Right. So we had we had that one going on, and then you know you had things like uh, I think Heaven's Gate came Heaven's Gate. near like the end of the eighties, early seventies. But you had a bunch of them going on, like little Children, little, Children of God. Yeah, little things going on. Not not a lot of them are making big news because this is also like really before the big rise of CNN, to where like we were getting news just bombarded, you know, to us. You know, mm-hmm, you had mm-hmm. news from like five to seven. And that was it. You had your yep. local news. You had your... So, anyway. Um, and then you had things going on. You had your murders, stuff like that. Of course, you had, like, the Atlanta child murders, things going on. But there were these. There was this thing where, like, Satanism was taken over. But there really wasn't something that you could... To, to my understanding, there really wasn't something that you could look at that you could say, this is what created this panic. Mm-hmm. It just kind of appeared. And it may have been spawned from, like, the, the misunderstandings of D&D and stuff. And then that just kind of kind of bled over, you know, and just kind of crossed the lines there. And, and people were just like, I don't understand what's going on. So I'm just going to say everything is, you know, is satanic. But anyway, so one of the things I want to talk about, and I know a little bit about it, so I'm not going to pretend like I did a lot of research beforehand, or, you know, but I remember reading about it and I was like, this might make a really good podcast topic just to kind of talk about it. And I'm going to read from, um, from this article here. Okay. Um, and, uh, it's, like I said, it's kind of fascinating because I remember hearing about it like a long time ago and I never followed up on it because I never had a reason to. I'm like, I don't really care that much. I don't think it's real, but, um, apparently, you know, some people thought it was real enough to where, it got. It eventually had to have an article written about it. Be like, oh, hey, by the way, remember this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm Buttweed. Remember me? <laughs> so I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and love new. And love new. Okay. So this is actually um, from 2017. It's uh, on uh, Atlas Obscura. Uh huh. Oh, I know them. When 1980 so satanic crazy. panic targeted Procter and Gamble. Oh wow! Have you ever heard about this? No. Yeah. So Which I I just recently uh, subscribed to the Atlas Obscure newsletter. But really? Yeah. So this is this is really kind of interesting. Like I said, I didn't, never knew exactly what all came of it, but I knew that there were people that were saying, 
Procter and Gamble um, had ties to Satanism and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, it. So we're gonna like thunk this article, and then I'll talk about the McMartin trial too. Okay. Which I've talked about before. But so the company spent decades battling false claims that it was in league with the devil. <laughs> so here, there's a picture here. That says the original Procter and Gamble logo on a plaque, right? Oh yeah. And you see what looks like there's a man's face, yeah. which looks on, which is with the hair, the hair and the beard, um, on the right side of the, it's like a plaque or it looks like a coin mm-hmm. on the right side. And the way it's done looks like the moon yeah. and it's looking at a series of stars. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> if you were alive in 1982, you might remember a very special episode of Phil Donahue's talk show. I don't because, you know, I don't. Um, but <laughs> um, on that day, the president of Procter & Gamble went on the program and admitted that the company supported the Church of Satan and that its logo contained satanic symbols. Oh, it happened in 1985. Actually, others remember the episode airing in 1989. The truth is, it's never occurred. PNG has never had any connection to the Church of Satan. The church itself describes the claim as completely false, which is, of course, what we'd expect them to say. Well, yeah. I mean, Satan's the father of lies, so why would I trust anything they tell me? Right. And and also, a porn star never appeared on the package of Ivory Snow. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. Which, actually, yeah, that you know, Marilyn Chambers actually was the model for that appeared on the box of Ivory Snow before she became a porn star. Like, she was a model, and she had posed, they picked her, and they had done all the packaging stuff with her picture on it. But but it took, like, a year or something before <laughs> they could start getting all those, the packages, because they, um, they were branding everything with that new image. Yeah. So they were making the products and making the labels, but they had to basically stop production of the others um, with that label on it, and then this production of those stuff so then they could start shipping it out by that time though she started doing porn so the two of them kind of came out around the same time it was like oh here she is on ivory snow right and then here she is behind the green door and then of course they had to wait until all those packages sold nice <laughs> nice nice that's yeah. great but of course she wasn't getting any money because until the packaging came out so right. that's why you know so anyway it's just kind of one of those weird things anyway but the truth has never stopped a good rumor from catching on. To better understand the PNG rumor, it's important to grasp its broader context. During the late uh, 1970s through the late 1990s, a potent fear of satanic cult known as Satanic Panic, get you a satanic mechanic, um, gripped the United States. Years That's be of the name new- of my band. What? Satanic Panic. I think it's probably probably, you're probably so. Mm. Bunch of fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's cooler when I do it. Yeah. You could always uh, start a band called the Cult of Personality. You could be a Satanic Panic cover band. <laughs> uh, so, Satanic Panic gripped the United States. Years of news and cultural touchstones like the Manson Family Trial and The Exorcist have primed the country for this paranoia. I like the fact that they didn't mention Amityville Horror. Yeah. Uh, in a seminal 1972 study, it's seminal, of <laughs> uh, folk devils and moral panics, British sociologist Stanley Cohen coined the phrase... Moral panic, in reference to events like this, which appear sudden, uh, suddenly to threaten social norms. These events are misrepresented in uh, sensationalistic fashion in the media, and eventually reporting on the subject comes to define, uh, to define it for the public. <clears throat> when the first article on the PNG rumor, uh, rumor giving company a devil of a time, appeared in the Minneapolis Tribune in March 1980, satanic panic was hitting its peak. 
The story detailed an accusation of satanic imagery hidden in the company's logo. A man in the moon looking out on 13 stars. Oh, is that 13 Ooh, you and I were talking 13, about yeah. long before the podcast started today? <laughs> um, but as a spokesperson from P&G, Tressy Rose... I'm talking about the Tressie Rose. Spokesperson P&G talking about Satanic Panic. I'm talking about the Tressie Rose. Sorry. I mean, come on. They, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's David Lee Roth. So, I mean. I thought you were going for, I wish that I had Tressie Rose. Oh, yeah. I see. I didn't think about that. I was just thinking of, you know, uh, Yankee Rose from, you know, uh, David Lee Roth. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, Tressie Rose explains, this claim was without merit. It was first developed by Wharf Hands. Yes, W-H-A-R-F, hands, to mark star candle crate boxes. Rose writes an email. Uh, we then decided to formalize it, uh, created the graphic 13 stars for 13 original American colonies. It was officially trademarked in 1882, but the incorporation of a face in the moon happened before that. It was a logo created in 1930 that created the rumor, but not until 1980s, uh, 50 years after its creation. So... <laughs> Okay. So the symbol was created by Wharf Hands to mark star candle crates. So star, I guess, was like a, a brand. Yeah. To um, right, here's a picture of the star candle crate with the face of the moon, the thirteen. Oh, cool stars. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of like that logo, honestly. It's uh, a star candles crate from 1865. It does say courtesy of Procter and Gamble, so they may have just made that up. You know, did a quick mock up there to throw everybody off. It is in pretty <laughs> pristine condition for a. Crate that's like over like a hundred years old. It is very pristine condition. Paint still holding together and all that. Oh yeah, nails are rusted, but yeah, you know, still intact. Yeah. So to most people, the design would appear insignificant, but most people aren't Jim Peters. Shazam, Shazam, Shazam! <laughs> in the 1980s, Peters was the music director at the Zion Christian Life Center in Saint Paul, Minnesota, and a member of a family of anti-rock crusaders who instigated a record-burning campaign in 1978. Uh, you do not realize that records are vinyl, and it takes a significant large amount of heat to actually burn them. You can melt them, but, I mean, like... These fuckers are the reason there's a hole in the ozone. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, the melting vinyl and stuff, that's... Oh, God. Anyway. <coughs> Way to go there, uh, Peters. We're going to show these Satanists. We're going to beat them at their own game. I have bought every record from the music store, and we're going to burn them. <laughs> You know, there's only one way that we can beat these Satanists. I'm going to go and going to get a protective spell from the Satanists. <laughs> Wait, why are you laughing? That makes perfect sense, right? The only way I can protect myself from the Satanists is to get a spell from the Satanists, a protection to stop the Satanists. I mean, that just makes perfect sense, well, I mean, right? In that case, if you're going to commission them to make spells, it's like, well, I cast the why are you hitting yourself spell on yourself. You get where I'm going with that, right? Yeah. My body and soul. Mind, body, and soul. Okay, maybe I don't know where you're going with this. But let's watch Mind, Body, and Soul. Oh, yeah, that thing. The, yeah, that's the, right, the that's witch right, to get the spell to stop the witches. I don't think you realize just how much I block from our Let's Watches. Mind, Body, and Soul was good, man. <laughs> Mind, Body, and Soul was entertaining. <laughs> good is an incredibly generous descriptor for it. It was very entertaining. It was entertaining. For it was us. confusing as fuck. <laughs> It was stupid as could possibly be, but it was entertaining. <laughs> I love it. Like she shows up there, and then like the guy comes out in the robes and stuff, and they bring the woman, the the, the topless woman out there, <laughs> and they chain her up behind the giant pentagram. I mean, in front of the giant pentagram, and the watch is like, are they are they going to sacrifice her? And he pulls out the sacrificial tag. He's like, are they really going to shh? 
<laughs> it's the good part, my friend. Just, <laughs> just watch, Nancy. Just enjoy it for what it is. Oh my goodness, that movie's so great. <laughs> Uh, I I do love that moment where she's just like, wait a minute. (laughs) This might be not so good. Oh, man. Yeah, it's so so beautiful. Okay. Um, All right, so back to the story. Uh, So so Jim Peters here is like, I hate rock music, and I'm going to burn these albums, and I'm all about good, wholesome, you know, like uh, John Denver. (laughs) Wait, wait. Mountain High is about what? Oh, no. He's got to go on the pile, too. Yeah, speaking of piles, I love that Jim Neighbors. He's what? He's what? He's got to go on the pile, Ooh. too. Oh, Lord golly, don't burn me. <laughs> All right, so uh, his brothers, Dan and Steve, initially gained notoriety for a series of seminars and a pseudo-documentary in the veins of Rock, it's your decision called Truth About Rock. Jim, who could not be located in research for this article, was just as ambitious and had been delivering seminars of his own. When interviewed by the Tribune for the article, Peters claimed to have found a copy of the PNG logo in a book by British Egyptologist E.A. Wallace Budge called Amulets and Superstitions. A member of PNG's public relations team responded at the time by stating, this is the kind of rumor we can't do anything about. People will believe what they want to. So this guy just happened to be reading a book called, you know, Amulets and Superstitions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he was like, hey, that looks like a Procter & Gamble symbol. You know, you're looking for it? it did, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's real easy to find shit when... There's their Procter & Gamble trademark uh-huh. from a piece of paper, uh, that, you know, from, was that, 1882? Uh, yeah, 1882. Okay. So, to its credit, P&G was right and the story disappeared for almost two years until January 1982... Oh, man, that's like the 110th anniversary. Uh, when papers in the Midwest began running variations on a wire story from United Press International. I've never even heard of United Press International. No. The articles had titles like Soap Baron Battles Devilish Rumors and again made references to PNG's logo, but this time without any connection to Jim Peters. I guess he just kind of petered out. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. I would say Rimshot, but it sounds like Peter was all about that. <laughs> Oddly, this version of the rumor was more specific and drew direct connections. First, the curls in the beard and the hair of the moon man resembled the number six, and each pattern of curls happened in a series of three. Additionally, when connected, there were three distinct patterns in the 13 stars that created another series of three sixes. In the minds of many, the reoccurring instances of the number 666 in the design of the logo were references to the mark of the beast in Christian theology. So... I have a problem with this, which is the same problem I have with that uh, fucking book, The Scarlet Letter, right? When they're <laughs> like, there's so much symbolism in this. There's like symbolism here, and then and this has got symbolism here, and then this is symbolic of this. Like, if this guy meant to put that much symbolism in the book, right, mm-hmm. it would have taken him fucking years to write it. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't have everything being symbolic of this and that and and just crank something out in like a couple months. Like, no, it doesn't happen like that. And here's the same thing. It's like, oh, and then I'm going to put uh, a series of six stars here. Make sure everyone knows it. And, and like... Six stars and four number six. And, you know, it, 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 for me, it kind of harkens back to the, uh, the thing from um, Usual Suspects, where he says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled 
was convincing the world it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. When you believe in something that is not the norm, the last thing you do is bring attention to it so that everybody knows that this is the shit that I, that I believe in, you know, that I know you don't, but I want you to know about it. But if you ask me about it, I'm going to deny it. Yeah. But I'm going to put it out there. Like, like, it'd be like getting like a swastika tattooed on your forehead, but like, are you a Nazi? No. 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 Why would you think that you have swastika? It was like, it's a birthmark. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the thing. All this like, oh, we're going to infiltrate. We're going to be real subtle about it so people don't even know that it's there. Now, that's that's terrible marketing. Like, I don't see this guy doing that with Christianity. Like, <laughs> and here on this page, I've hidden a cross. <laughs> By the time they read the book, they'll be Christians and won't even realize it. <laughs> no, because that's not how it works. You have to make a conscientious decision to align with this. So, like, I would I would be outraged and freaking out if it was like, hey, here's Buddy Satan. But, like... Oh, oh, he thumbs up. He's like two thumbs down. Like, hey! <laughs> like, you a, suck! Have a rotten day! <laughs> Eat my shorts, and he, like, skateboards off. Yeah, sure, then, then you can start writing newspaper articles. But when it's like, huh, if I hadn't been reading this book of ancient talismans from the 11th century, I would have never even seen it. Then They're doing a really shitty job of converting people to Satanism. Right. <laughs> and, they, I mean, so, okay, you know how, remember in, um, in, uh, uh, I know suddenly I'm drawing a blank, but I'm trying to think of a specific passage. But but in the in the Bible, when Jesus is like, "Hey, you like um like was it Peter? It's like you're going to deny me three times." He's yeah, like, yeah. He's like, "Jesus, I'd never do that." He's like, "I never, I'd never do that." He's like, yeah, "I would never deny deny Jesus." Like, yeah, of course I remember denying Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I, I'm way beyond that. I don't, I don't know that guy. <laughs> I'm not with him. <laughs> yeah. Angry Mob's a hell of a motivator. <laughs> Crucifixion's a hell of a fear. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, people that are Christians, like, they they go around and be like, I'm a Christian. No one says, hey, is that a, is that a cross around your neck? No, oh, it's, it's a T. I always remind myself to be terrific. <laughs> like, no. They're like, yeah, it's a cross. I believe in God, you know? Hey. You just don't see that like people were like, "Hey, is that a uh, is that a pentagram?" And like, uh, "No, no, it's it's a star. Why is it upside down?" So when I, but when I look at it like this, it looks like it's normal. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for me, not for you. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, people that believe in something, they don't really have any problem telling you this is what I believe in. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like you you want to see like real, like, satanic panic stuff than look at Anton LaVey. Yeah. He was totally open about it. He was like, oh, yeah, hey, you want to you wanna see my Satan tramp stamp here? <laughs> but I don't actually worship Satan. I'm all about anarchy. Because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it works. Wait, isn't, it, isn't like, Satanism not the, not the the belief of Satan, not the worship of Satan, but it's anarchy? It's it, That's Church of Satan, I believe. So that's what I thought the, like, it Satan... Might, uh, it might be the other way around, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, what, what sounds like it'd be Satan worship is not... Satan worship is Satan worship, yeah. but Satanism isn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things. I know there's, like, three different variations of it, but to me, it's like, that's stupid. If you want to be an anarchist, be an anarchist. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's let's call a fucking spade a spade here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's back the fuck up there. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, there's actually a documentary that's coming out about this whole like anarchist like um, it was some kind of like a gathering of anarchists um, and they were like oh we're gonna get together and then celebrate anarchy and then shit went bad and shit caught on fire and everyone went nuts and I'm like <laughs> um um <laughs> cause you know <laughs> yeah I mean if you ask me it looks like everything went right yeah. <laughs> If you went there and had like a love in at the anarchy fest, like, I have a tendency to think you guys might not be real anarchists. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Uh, okay, so uh, in an attempt to get uh, to get out ahead of the story, PNG filed lawsuits against a number of people, caused spreading a rumor, including in Atlanta Weatherman. The Phil Donahue anecdote seems to have come out of this era, appearing on leaflets alerting people to the supposed satanic connection. After fielding 15,000 related calls and letters in June and July of 1982, the company also employed an aggressive media relations strategy on the West Coast where it believed the new version of the rumor originated. Again, PNG seemed to have some success and the story quietly disappeared by the end of 1982. Unfortunately... <laughs> It again found life in 1985 when the New York Times reported on leaflets being circulated around New York City claiming PNG was in league with the devil. You know, as you do. Yeah. So here they've got this little this little image here of like how the the, the graphic kind of evolved over time. Yeah. From like in eight, in 1851, it's just like a like a cross or a plus mark. It's not even like a cross. It's, it's like a plus. Yeah. And I can only imagine how much that guy got paid for that. I mean, he really phoned <laughs> that shit in. And then it was a, in, 19, in 1853, it was a star with a circle around it. You know, you erase part of that. You've got like a Russian symbol there. <laughs> 1859, someone added more stars and then like a little bit of a, eh, yeah. like, a like a little, like a, I don't know, like a pimple on the side of the circle there that gets to represent the man and the moon. It just looks like the 13 star Dragon Ball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what they're in line with. They're in line with the Dragon Balls. <laughs> uh, in 1875, the Man in the Moon had more of a face. Mm-hmm. In 1882, someone actually came in there with some fucking art talent and like <laughs> detailed it up. He was like, eh, it's a living. Yeah. And then 1930, it gets a little bit you know, uh, more uh, detailed in it. That's where we start to get those, uh, those sixes and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. In 1991, though, they still have the same image, but they removed the... The sixy, the sixy curls, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. satanistic curls there, and just kind of flattened them out with this kind of like Art Nouveau type style yeah, it's, there. It's a lot more sleek and streamlined. And his hair looks like he's got a fucking like uh, mohawk. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I kind of like the 1930s one the best. Yeah, I would agree. Typically, I prefer minimalism in my logos, but I, I, I really kind of dig that swirly hair. I like the uh, just the PNG from being Procter and Gamble, just PNG. Yeah. How the PNG actual like logo, the font logo, which gave Bannon the whole symbol mm-hmm. um, in 1995. How they tell that uh, the ampersand is like scooping under, like cop a feel in the G. Yeah, that's kind of nice there. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, like, let me figure that taint. <laughs> Get a little, just get a little bit of tushy grab it. So, <laughs> so it seemed uh, no matter what PNG did, the rumor would not die. Then again, it's hard to kill a rumor when you have opponents actively working to its pro- to promote it. Uh, that's why they had that song that rumors that came out by was it uh, Timex Social Club back in the eighties. Look at all these rumors. That one? Yep, yep. <laughs> you hear that one about Tina? Uh, so, um. The only line I remember from that song is, Do you hear the one about Michael? I heard he might be gay. 
<laughs> Some so, tried to argue, but they say if he was straight, he wouldn't move that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all I remember about that entire song. You that one about Susan. Some say she's uh, just a tease and a camisole. She's six feet tall. She'll knock you to your knees. I don't know who they're talking about, but she sounds what, hot to what me. What is Susan's number? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, in a 1991 retrospective by the Washington Post, Paul Martin, a former Minnesotan, recounted a meeting with the Peters family in 1985. These three brothers from Zion Christian Life Center, Dan, Steve, and Jim Peters, came to speak to my boys to tell them to burn their rock music albums. They showed a slide of Procter & Gamble symbol and said it was the same as a Church of Satan in Minnesota. Oh, yeah? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a last-ditch effort to exercise... Man, I hate Minnesota and Church of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> a last-ditch effort to exercise the company of its demons, P&G announced in April of 1985 it would be dropping the logo indefinitely. But the gamble blew up in the company's face in, specula- in spectacular fashion. Concerns became so widespread that public officials were even drawn into the firestorm. In April 1986, an exasperated attorney general from South Dakota issued a press release to state media reminding to issue a press release to state media reminding them that no executives at P&G sold their souls to the devil. Right? However, ridiculous as Steve, however ridiculous this may seem, moral panics like the satanic panic are sustained on strange conspiracies like the P&G rumor because these kinds of stories were almost impossible to debunk. In his 2003 book, A Culture of Conspiracy, political scientist Michael Barkin observed that these kinds of ideas survive because they promise a world that is meaningful rather than arbitrary. Not only are events non-random, but the clear identification of evil gives the conspiracists, why don't they say conspiracists, a definable enemy against which to struggle and endow life with purpose. And I have this picture here. It says Gustave Doré's illustration of Lucifer, right? And it, they mark on it as clear public domain, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Gustave Doré, he was from way back in the day. So they got this uh, this snake there on the ground. It's all tangled up and shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, part of his body is so big compared to the other parts of his body. But then we look at, uh, at Lucifer there. He looks so sad, doesn't he? Yeah. He's just, like, just sitting there just watching this snake all tangled up. And he's just like, oh, gosh, I wish I had some friends to talk to. Like, yeah. I mean, just like, he's just, oh, my body's so misshapen there. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, there was there was a window of time in fine art that, like, depictions of Lucifer always made him obviously, like, super, super attractive because it it's listed somewhere in the Bible that he was beautiful above all the other angels. But they also, it's also, like, depictions of him being super moody and, like, weepy-eyed and... Looking all sad and angry at the same time. Lucifer, first emo. <laughs> so isn't there a whole thing? Room, Dad, you don't understand my music. Isn't there a whole thing about uh, about like whenever you see like Lucifer or Satan like in physical form that he he walks with a like a lamp or as a cane because like his back was broken when he was cast out of heaven or some shit like that. Uh, that's like a medieval rumor kind of thing. It's not in the Bible. I mean, I don't really think they talk too much about Satan in the Bible, but like, oh, there's, <laughs> there's, he's quite heavily discussed. Yeah, I mean, like, they don't really go into like, like his daily habits and everything. But like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> here's what Satan's been up to after all this, time. and now let's check in with Satan, <laughs> like, just torturing away, man. Well, it's like, Phil, <laughs> it's been a busy week for me. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, man, 
It's like, man, when is this Jesus guy going to come? Because until now, like, God has rules, but he hasn't really defined things being a sin. So <laughs> you don't have any sinners. So, like, everybody goes to, like, a void. Nobody really goes to hell because they're in the hell yet. Like, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> 10,000 years. <laughs> Give you such a crick in the neck. All right. So, in the case of Jim Peters, that enemy was clear. In PNG, he saw Satan. I mean, hmm, now who could make dish detergent that gets things so white and clean? Could it be Satan? <laughs> uh, but as the 1980s faded into the 1990s, the specter of religious paranoia slowly gave way to material concerns. In 1990, PNG announced the first of a number of lawsuits against Amway distributors. A pioneer in the field of multi-level marketing, also known as a pyramid scheme, uh, Amway farmed out sales of its products to third-party distributors who would occasionally engage in aggressive sales tactics to boost sales. In 1990 and again 1995, Amway distributors were caught using Amway voicemail systems to send messages to consumers saying that PNG profits supported the Church of Satan. PNG sued in both cases, but in a series of twists in 1995 lawsuit would cause the case to take over a decade to finish. In 2007, however, PNG won a civil suit against Amway distributors and seemingly put an end to the rumor for good. In 2013, PNG announced the return of its moon-like design to its corporate logo. <clears throat> Whether this inspires a new wave of satanic rumors, will only time will tell. Especially in an environment in which a pizza shop can be accused of being a front for satanic worshipping pedophiles, Jim Peters lives in the spirit of Pizzagate. <laughs> Psychologist Rob... You know about Pizzagate, right? Uh... The the basic overview of it, yeah. Someone spread the rumor that that was going on, that the the Democrats were doing this stuff, and a guy showed up at the the pizza place, you know, with like a like a handgun and AR fifteen, and was like, <laughs> "I'm here to to liberate these kids. You got to keep it in the basement." Like, we don't have a basement. <laughs> we just sell shitty pizza. <laughs> so. That guy really did out Pizza the Hut. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> I don't want to get sued by Pizza Hut. I don't think it was a Pizza Hut that he went to. No, it was, it was like some kind of local pizza place. Pizza Charlie's? <laughs> we haven't talked about Pizza Charlie's in Wait, wait. Pizza ages. Hut's logo is making it great. Mm. I wonder what they were making great. <laughs> So, um, psychologist Rob uh, Brotherton, author of Suspicious Minds, we can't go on together. So, <laughs> we're so stupid. <laughs> uh, Suspicious Minds, why we believe conspiracy theories, suggest that such salacious rumors are likely to continue finding receptive ears. A lot of our beliefs, conspiracy theories included, are based on how well they fit with our intuition. Brotherton writes in an email noting that research into the subject it. it is in its nascent stages, so one... Uh, uh, I'm sorry again. Because I'm reading this from my phone, so this print's kind of small. Brotherton writes an email using uh, noting that research into the subjects is, is in its nascent stages. So one strategy for making people a little more resistant to conspiracy theories would be to get them to slow down and process the claims more analytically and to realize that their brain might be being biased. Of course, Brother adds, that's easier said than done. I like that they call him Brotherton, and then they call him Brother. Like, they just drop the ton part. It's like, we're so close now. Did Hulk Hogan write this article? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Brother. Let me tell you something, Brother. Like, Satan could be anywhere, hiding in any one of these. You know, but these, like, 
27 inch pythons here. It's easier said than done. <laughs> I she just didn't tap out. I'm not going to. I actually don't really know how big his, his pythons were. Uh, just um, <laughs> Okay, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google, how big were Hulk Hogan's pythons? Hulk Hogan is a racist. I'm like, I'm just going to Okay, so. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, well, fuck Hulk Hogan, because, like, Randy Savage is where it's at. I'm pretty sure he wasn't racist. Randy, yeah, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. He was friends with Mr. Perfect. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea who that is. Okay. He's Randy Savage's perfect friend! Okay. Yeah. On his, on his uh, rap album, Be a Man, oh. he had a song called My Perfect Friend, and it was dedicated to Mr. Perfect, who died. Okay, so, so again, we're talking about satanic panic, right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, this article, I'm gonna try to just hit, hit the highlights of it, but here's a highlight: Randy Savage would have pinned Satan, made him tap out. Oh yeah! You can release all the souls from hell. You can give him another chance. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now, Mister Devil. <laughs> I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. <laughs> I'm the cream of crap. That's the line. That's the line. It was like a bone saw that they were going to take out because they said it was uh, homophobic. Yeah, because uh, because he was like, nice outfit. Did your boyfriend buy it for you? Your husband. husband like, Did your husband it make it, it yeah. for you? And they were going to take that out. I was like, that's right. I mean, that's homophobic. That's like, homophobic. really? I mean, whether he's I, gay or not. Maybe his he husband, really is gay. And maybe his husband did buy him the outfit. You don't know. Right. Or maybe his husband's just really shitty at sewing. He was like, <laughs> you know, it's like like when your girlfriend makes you something that's like, I want you to wear it every day. Okay. Like, oh, I just got to wear it a couple times. She forgets that she made it. And then, <laughs> I'll put it away somewhere. I won't get. I won't lose it. I'll just put it away. You know. So Bonesaw had to wear that out for for a little while and stuff. And, but yeah. you know what, man? Like Bonesaw's little Bonesawettes. A couple of them were tight. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Well, just just look up Bonesaw McGraw, and then you'll, you'll see a picture of the little of the Bonesawettes or whatever they were called, like saw bits or something. <laughs> the but, saw bits. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so also in 1980, going along with the Satanic Panic. The McMartin Preschool Trial. So the McMartin Preschool Trial was a daycare sexual abuse case in the 1980s prosecuted by Los Angeles District Attorney Ira uh, Rayner. Members of the McMartin family who operated a preschool in Manhattan Beach, California, were charged with hundreds of acts of sexual abuse of children in their care. Accusations were made in 1983. Arrests and uh, pretrial investigations took place from 1984 to 1987. And the trials ran from 1987 to 1990. The case lasted seven years but resulted in no convictions and all charges were dropped in 1990. By the case's end, it became the longest and most expensive series of criminal trials in American history. The case was part of a daycare abuse hysteria and moral panic over alleged satanic ritual abuse in the 1980s and early 1990s. So initial allegations, 1983, Judy Johnson, mother of one of the uh, preschool's young students, reported that to the police that her son had been sodomized by her estranged husband and also by McMartin teacher Ray Bucky. Ray Bucky was the grandson of the school's founder. I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff. Hey there, sport. I'm your teacher, Ray Bucky. <laughs> I like to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's our new word for the day. <laughs> Bucky. But Mr. Bucky. <laughs> uh, God, we're terrible people. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I can only make fun of it because I know that none of stuff was true. But that's also what makes it so horrible. Mm-hmm. So, um... Uh, 
Uh, Johnson believed that her son had been abused began when her son had painful bowel movements. What happened next is still disputed. Some states, uh, some sources state that at the time Johnson's son denied her suggestion that his preschool teachers had molested him, whereas others say he confirmed the abuse. In addition, Johnson also made several more accusations, including that people at the daycare had sexual encounters with animals, that uh, Peggy drilled a child under the arms, and that Ray flew in the air. Ray Bucky was questioned, but was not prosecuted due to lack of evidence, and they could not prove that he was able to fly under his own power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're going to push you off the roof. Now, now, what do you consider flying under your own power? Like, how long would you have to stay up in the air, would you say? I don't know, at least 30 seconds. All right, so we're going to have you getting this catapult here. <laughs> and if you land in under 30 seconds, then we'll say that you didn't fly. <laughs> but anything 30 seconds and over, you flew. You're a witch. I mean, you're, you're a sexual abuser. Okay, um... The police then sent a form letter to about 200 parents of students at McMartin School saying that your children might have been abused and asking parents to question your children. So that's so fucking wrong for police to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dear parent, this department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation. Uh, Ray Bucky, an employee of the Virginia's, at the Virginia McMartin's preschool, was arrested, blah, 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 blah. Like, that is so fucking wrong. So, of course... That's incredibly wrong, yeah. Oh, um... Records indicate your child has been or is currently a student at the preschool. We're asking for your assistance in the continued investigation. Please question your child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime or if he or she has been a victim. Our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttock or chest area, and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature. Also, photos may have been taken of children without their clothing. Any information from your child regarding having ever observed Ray Bucky to leave a classroom alone with a child during any nap period or if they have ever observed Ray Bucky tie up a child is important. Kind of think that that would have like come out at some time that like, yeah. how do we get tied up at Mr. Bucky? <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure that like when you pick your kid up from preschool, it's like, how was your day, little Billy? Susie got tied up. <laughs> At the very end of the letter, in large, bold print, it says, There is no evidence to indicate that the management of Virginia McMartin's preschool had any knowledge of this situation, and no detrimental information concerning the operation of the school has been discovered during this investigation. Also, no other employee in the school is under investigation for any criminal act. Thank you. All right there, folks, that was... Our moms think we're funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>